Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is the Game by Show podcast. We're a day late, ten dollars short. <laughs> it's February the fifth, twenty eighteen. Happy Cinco de Febrero, <laughs> mis amigos. My name is Legrand Jolly, and I'm joined by Jeremy Lamont and Dale Count Eleanor Jones. Hello. Hey. Hello. 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 It's it's not too bad when you have a news podcast uh, going an extra day because the news kept happening, so you sort of get that extra day. You get that Monday. You sneak yeah, that Monday exactly. It's like, it's like a snake eating its own tail. Like there's always more news mm-hmm. you can do. Yeah, or a boros. And it's okay. There's always stuff to talk about. It doesn't matter. We can we can go off on tangents all day long if you feel like mm-hmm. it. all day. Let me tell you guys about uh, Star Wars and the oh, Star Wars movies. Oh no. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> they're they're going to make another one. Yeah. <laughs> Call, called, called the bluff. Uh, yeah, Solo. I, the only thing I saw, I have not watched the trailer. I've not seen the previous movie. Uh, the only thing I saw was like this buddy silhouette of presumably Han Solo with kind of like a big fluffy hair. Buddy does Solo? He have, does he have like a big, yeah, it's like a, it's like yeah, a buddy. He's got Chewbacca. He's got Chewbacca Chewbacca's sitting got next to him. They're like holding hands or something. I don't know. And he's got like a big. You, you never saw The Last Jedi? I never did, no. Uh-uh. Why? I don't know because I'm not interested anymore. Like I actually well, don't even have Chewbacca's any interest. Chewbacca's not in that one. I haven't. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, I only watch movies Chewbacca with Chewbacca. Is. Han Solo's not. Yeah, I only I only watch yeah. movies with Chewbacca. Uh, well, you're in luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be more, forever. Uh, forever. Yep, it's true. It's true. 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 Uh, anything else exciting happen lately? Super Bowl or the superb owl. The super bowel. The renders want to call it the super. Happy. The super bowel. Uh, so, so I, I got an interesting anecdote about that. Uh, oh, yeah. First of all, I was asked repeatedly yesterday at the grocery store and other places, like, "Hey, you watching the Super Bowl tonight?" And I'm like, "Nope, don't even know who's playing." <laughs> oh, well, it's the 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 team and the team. The snorkelboards. I'm like, oh, okay. You should have just stared them straight in the eye and said, "What do you think?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was at the grocery store buying, like, um, chips. I don't know, chips and stuff. Beer. Like a giant seven-layer dip and a pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. shrimp, cocktail. Uh, but then, so then, I didn't I didn't watch a, a single second of the game. and But I was, like, listening to my boy. He was playing Fortnite. And he's, like, he was into football this year, right? He played football. And I'm, like, okay, he's going to want to watch the Super Bowl. And, no, he played Fortnite he's the like, entire time. Yeah, the Patriots suck. But, no, it was, it was, a, it was a, Alexa, what's the score of the Super Bowl? And it was like the score is blah 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 blah. Oh, I totally. Forgot. And then he would report to all of his friends on the on the stream, like or on the Fortnite, like, "Hey guys, guess what? the The teams win in the Super Bowl." And I was like, "Like, <laughs> it was like the coolest thing." Like every, it was just funny just listening to him. Because every you know, ten minutes or so, he'd ask Alexa what the Super Bowl score was. So there you go. Yeah, my dad likes this game for some weird reason. You know what you should do? Whoever starts asking you that stuff, the next time it's like I don't know the international or whatever, you should be like, "Hey, who do you like in Dota 2? Yo. Yeah. Who you who, who look? Who you picking for the international? You got money year, on huh? that mm-hmm. uh, team. Liquid's looking pretty hot, right? I think that's yeah. the thing that irks me the most is that just stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like we're expected that you know we're interested in football or whatever, you know. But if you, you know, <laughs> if you ask somebody about some video game current event that's going on, they look at you like you dropped out of a dog's body or something. Uh, I did watch some HGC today, so there's that. The Heroes Global Championship. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Home and Garden Channel. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I don't have regular TV. I don't have cable TV at my house. 
Uh, I have I have YouTube TV. You guys have seen? Have you guys seen that YouTube TV? You guys? No, I know that you, you can. Isn't that included that? with like YouTube Red or something like that? Yeah. You can get it, and it, it includes YouTube Red, but it also includes like all your cable channels, right? YouTube Red. <laughs> hey, right? Extreme. <laughs> know what I mean, Dale? You want to come over for some YouTube Red? Oh, I, I don't know. That sounds late hot. night. Late night, that, that, too... that pay-per-view channel on at the hotel TVs, like YouTube Red. Public Spice. access cable on YouTube. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool, man. Cool. Cool. Well, we should uh, start talking about video games and news. Yeah, that's, we, what, we... that's what we do. And I know that Jeremy's put his heart and soul into... <laughs> uh, hey, were there any video game uh, commercials at the Super Bowl? Because I know in the past they've had, like, Clash of Clans commercials or whatever, like free-to-play mobile games. Anything this year at all? Y'all know? Uh, they should. Not they should have had one. For, yeah, they should have one for like Catherine or something. Like some some obscure thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was playing Final Fantasy 15 myself. I got to the very dramatic part of Final uh. Fantasy 15. But uh, that's was, about all. Um, I, that's all I know happened during the Super Bowl. What was I doing during? I think during the Super Bowl, I was like, you know, eating dinner and helping the kids get ready for bed and stuff. I think we're supposed to call it the big game. Oh, that's right, yeah. We don't want to get sued. The big game. By the <laughs> National Fascist League. Anyway, I don't know about that, but you're right. We should should get started on the news, because we got that extra day. We got a whole extra day we got to fit in here. Um, going to start out with uh, some big changes over at Sony Computer Entertainment. Uh, CEO Kaz Hirai, who was formerly the PlayStation boss, currently the overall chief executive officer of Sony, uh, is stepping down April 1st and will be replaced by Kenichiro Yoshida, who will take over that top spot. Uh, Hirai is the last of, I guess, a number of people in the Sony PlayStation space. He's uh, best known for that gif where he, like, laughs a lot. You know the one? Ha ha ha, yes. And uh, also uh, Ridge, Racer, all of that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, before him, there was um, Andrew House most recently Jack left. Jack Tretton. Uh, Phil Harrison uh, left Sony. Uh, Ken Kutaragi before that was, uh, you know, managed the business. And uh, th- those guys all, I think, were probably the last of the of the few that. I mean, even Andrew House. You know, I didn't realize really for a long time that Andrew was was one of the people who had gone all the way back to, you know, basically the. I guess Mark Nintendo Cerny. Era. He's one of the like kind of long time guys, right? Yeah, he uh, currently the role he fills, I think, is as the chief architect of the PlayStation Four. I don't know what that you know what he's doing at the moment. Probably working on PlayStation Five. But in terms of a C level executive, um, those guys all were were part of the PlayStation business that actually worked overall uh, for Sony. You know, as the as the larger company. Um, that company also has shed things like its uh, you know laptop business and, and some other things. I know that, that you know their TVs were in trouble for a long time. I'm not sure exactly where that company stands right now overall as an electronics powerhouse. But uh, yeah, definitely these guys uh, represented a move up the ranks from the games division of Sony. And uh, I think he, as far as I know, I mean, like you said, Cerny is still there. And I'm not sure, not sure who else is uh, holding down the fort there for uh, for PlayStation. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he had been at Sony uh, for quite a number of years. And uh, he said in a statement that ever since my appointment as president and CEO in April 2012, which actually, wow, that was six years ago, uh, I have stated that my mission is to ensure Sony continues to be a company that provides customers with condo to move them emotionally and inspires and fulfills their curiosity. I've dedicated myself to transform the company and I'm very proud in that. Now the third and final uh, year of our current mid-range corporate plan, we are expecting to exceed our financial 
enhanced targets, blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyway, that's uh, kind of a big change. Uh, I don't know really much about the uh, the new guy, Kenichiro Yoshida, um, but uh, I think he had worked previously. I was looking at it here. Um, somewhere else. Uh, again, you know, <laughs> not, not really involved in games, but uh, I, I feel like, you know, looking over that list of people who had kind of come and gone at Sony... Um, this is this is really a stupid reason to, to care about this, but I really appreciated when E3 time came around or whatever, and, you know, they would always have the C-level execs get up on the stage. Yeah, somebody and, go up there and be the face of the country. Yeah, company. and I sort of appreciated that. I really liked Jack Tretton. Uh, Phil Harrison was cool. I even came to really enjoy Andrew House. Uh, Sean Layden is still up there, and he's, he's all right. I mean, oh, I guess right. he's sort of like, uh, you know, he's okay, um, but... I don't know. Uh, Shu Yoshida still still going on there, but uh, I don't know exactly. Uh, you know that, that we're going to see them doing too much on stage. That doesn't seem like a that. a group of people that increases over time. You know what I mean? It seems yeah. like kind of the the age of the um, like P- Peter Moore esque sort of presenter at these things is kind of. Past yeah, I, I feel like that that age they're they're getting on the uh, the, the ships and sailing into the west, uh, and uh, with the death yeah. of uh, Steve Jobs, you know, like um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, so an epic anyhow. has left uh, left us. That's true. That's true. But uh, anyway, so that we still have until April, so you still have a few uh, a few, a few more uh, months of Ridge Racer gifs to uh, to circulate on social media. Uh, another big change coming out in Sony: uh, the PlayStation Four firmware update five point five. This is pretty interesting. Uh, actually, will emulate for all versions of the PlayStation Four some of the I guess graphics rendering capabilities of the PS Four Pro. Uh, there's actually a uh, super sampling feature that uh, typically was only available on the PS4 Pro. Uh, basically what it does is it's an anti-aliasing process that will take in-game images at a resolution higher than what your display can actually handle and then scale down to a resolution that your display does support, which basically results in better looking textures and lines. Um, it basically is almost a way to sort of do the PS4 Pro stuff without actually having... A 4K display. Uh, it does need to be supported in on a software side, so there is a current list of games that support it, including things like The Last Guardian, uh, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, Final Fantasy XIV, a couple of Kingdom Hearts games, Metal Gear Solid V, Metal Gear Solid Survive, Life is Strange Before the Storm, Next Machina, No Man's Sky, Injustice 2, Everybody's Golf. I've got a few of these. I might uh, be interested in trying this out. Uh, we don't have an actual release date on uh, when that will come up. There's a lot of other stuff in that firmware update that we still don't know much about, but uh, I found that that was uh, kind of an interesting uh, interesting thing to look forward to there. Uh, cool. Giving equal time as we do to the other platform holders, we need to bring in some Microsoft news here. Rumors are a swirlin' that Microsoft might be interested in purchasing either EA or Valve or some combination of those. And um, that's, you know, I, I think at this juncture, uh, Gabe Newell has uh, indicated, some, somebody sent him an email, in fact, that kind of got circulated. This uh, came about in uh, a report published by Polygon, uh, citing anonymous sources that Microsoft were looking at make, making some acquisitions, uh, partly, I guess, because they're not really doing much of a, of a, of a job uh, right now of uh, producing their own first-party software. So, you know, EA, as an acquisition, would well, did Val- solve did, that. Did Gabe Newell say something in, in an email? Uh, he did, yeah. So a little bit of a snippet from an email. Someone sent him an email that says, Is Valve being bought by Microsoft? Please respond. The community is shaken. Uh, Gabe <laughs> Newell responds, Not that I'm aware of. And that's it. He, would, uh-huh. he would probably know. 
All right, p- picture this: a uh, Halo game powered by the Dice Engine. Mm, the Dice, uh, whatever they have. Maybe, uh, but Frostbite. Uh, yeah, Frostbite. But I mean, who are you going to have do it? Three, four, three, or uh, Dice? Doesn't matter. EA, someone. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. I don't know. Pretty sweet. Uh, I mean, the thing is that um, as far as a couple of things. So on number, PC. Yeah. So, the next so Halo game will be on PC. I actually, that that's part of the thing is that They've if there were that. to be an acquisition of EA, what would Microsoft do? I mean, a lot of the stuff that EA does, like the sports games and things like that, I find it hard to believe that those would thrive in a console exclusive environment. I feel like those are better, almost like how they allowed Minecraft to continue to be sold on other. Why platforms. would Microsoft make it console exclusive? They don't do that now. Gears of War Four was on both consoles. Well, no. in terms of, no, it, wasn't. You, you, it, it was, was on, on the, PC. It was, it was on the PC and on. Right. Oh, you're talking Console. about EA games not being on PS4. On, on okay. right. I'm sorry. Right. Correct. I'm sorry. You're right. right. Uh, the other thing is that EA is a publicly traded company, so theoretically, if they wanted to, you could buy out Electronic Arts if you had enough money, which Microsoft presumably does. Um, whereas Valve is a privately held company, so you would actually somebody would have to be willing to sell you that company as well. Um, Do you think buying EA would be a good investment for anyone? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what you do with it. I mean, even maybe if Microsoft. Were, I mean, if, if it were EA by Microsoft, I you, you I don't really see them being like wildly profitable. I mean, they're so big as it is to begin with. Um, I I don't really know. It doesn't it doesn't seem like a, a really good fit. Did you say EA buying Microsoft? Uh, sorry, I mean, did I? Yeah, the reverse. Yeah, sorry, the, yeah exactly. So okay. if 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 it were going to be EA by Microsoft, I don't really see. Microsoft gaining a lot from from that. I mean, they would just continue to operate I, as. I think they there would are know. other studios that Microsoft could snatch up. Over yeah, EA. that is probably and still true. get and still get the gain that they want out of it, which is more first party titles. I don't know. I, I think it, it, in a way it kind of makes a lot of sense because of Madden. Yeah, but Madden exclusively on the Xbox. That makes a lot of sense for Xbox. I, I guess people would be buying Xboxes at that point. Right? I, yeah. I think I think you, you'd have to look and find out, okay, are we actually going to gain more console sales from that, or are we just going to lose the people who would not get the Xbox anyway? But also, um, well, so if, 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 EA, if Microsoft buys EA, then uh, what does EA care if they hit their numbers that they would like to hit, right? You know what I mean? Because um, yeah. then, then Microsoft owns them. But also, in addition to having Madden, um, you get whatever else EA has, which is basically the Star Wars license at the moment, which is a big deal. And, you know, DICE. So, and, I, you know, Bioware for whatever that's worth. How about this one? Uh, Microsoft swoops in and outbids Vivendi on Ubisoft. Does a hostile takeover Ubisoft. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I can see know. that, maybe. It just seems like they're a little bit too... I mean, like LeGrand says, if you are going to want to get some value for your money, because that, that would be a big spend, right? And you have to make sure that you're getting back at least that much in the investment. It feels like you could go after any number of... You, you could buy, you know, dozens of mid-level studios for that same price and potentially get more bang for your buck. Yeah, but how much did they pay for Minecraft? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's true. Two billion, right? But you know, M- Minecraft still shows up in this in the like all-time sales, you know, mm-hmm. every year. So I don't know. I think the problem with Microsoft is that they have a lot of they're like sitting on a lot of cash, and the, so the investors or whoever wants them to use that to to yeah, do something to perform. Right? Sure. So so they may be that's that may be the impetus behind looking to possibly buy something. 
Yeah. Uh, EA's current value, market value, is around $35 billion. Um, it's not not a small amount of money, but Microsoft could probably afford to do it. So they, they bought Mojang for uh, $2.5 billion. So it would be about, you know, 10, about 15 Minecrafts. Mojangs. Yeah. I don't exactly. know if EA is worth that much. The new, the new unit of currency. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Is that It's not just the buying, but the getting back of the of the money somehow yeah. so i don't know uh we'll kind of wait and see uh i mean this is typically you know what are we looking at the the end of the fiscal quarter here pretty quickly so maybe if there's going to be an announcement we would see that sometime before march yeah right? when when is the the m a season do we know seem seems like right around now end of end of winter yeah, beginning of spring so uh, another uh, little bit of news uh, swirling around actual things that Microsoft has announced. Remember that Game Pass that they were doing? They announced that they would do all their first-party games as part of their $10 per month Game Pass. Uh, yes. Not without repercussions in retail. Uh, there have been some allegations by, typically by uh, retailers, like physical brick-and-mortar retailers, that uh, this is a blow against the retail ecosystem and uh, there have been stores in Austria and in um, uh, England and elsewhere in Europe saying that they just won't stock the Xbox One anymore because if they're going to offer a game pass where all of their first party games are done digitally as part of a $10 per month subscription, what value is there to retail to actually stock the physical box? Um, a couple of notable examples here, an Austrian store uh, called Extreme Games in a discussion with gamesindustry.biz, said that essentially it's made our Xbox business worthless overnight. You've got the whole section sat there, and why would people pay 12 to 15 pounds secondhand game when they can just pay a tenner and get a massive catalog of titles to keep them going? It's a fair point. Uh, Extreme Games no longer plans to stock Xbox products, and uh, like I said, a number of other uh, retailers, uh, specifically in Europe, I guess. I'm not really sure if there's been any, any similar backlash in the United States or elsewhere, but... I don't know. I mean, you know, we talked once before about uh, Microsoft trying to do the the all digital thing, which would have uh, ostracized them at retail. And I think here's Xbox an is typically on thin ice in Europe anyway. It's not a huge seller, right? So it may mean less to the bottom line for a European game store to give up the Xbox than it would for a U.S. game store. Yeah, but you know, I mean, the point stands. If they are offering an all you can eat. $10 per month subscription. Buffet. Yeah. yeah, where does that leave people who sell the games individually? I, it's a, kind of a good question. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, How many first-party Microsoft games are there that are really going to be affected? There's about one every two years. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> what the hell? No big deal, right? Like, what, what, what happened when, uh, you know, Blockbuster was like, hey, man, that's it, Universal. We're not stocking any more of your movies. And then Universal's like, fine, we'll just sell them on iTunes. And then right. I think it's not like, actually a good business move. It seems more like just something kind of done out of spite. And I don't think I don't think it's going to make the picture any better for these retail stores. But what can you do? I, though? I agree. Well, I mean, what what's your alternative to just keep selling it? Yeah, just because suck it you know up. what, the, the model is changing for video games distribution, right? Like more and more people are buying online. I'm sorry, brick and mortar retailer stores, unless you're going to buy up. Think Geek and sell tchotchkes in your store. You're not going to make any money in yeah. the next five years. Yeah, but if they are not, if they're already not making money on the hardware, the hardware is typically a, a loss leader anyway. I mean, maybe not for the for the retailers themselves, but the margins are thin, thin, thin 
on hardware and they typically make their money on the software. And what they're saying is if we can't sell the software, what point do we have to sell this box, which is basically what software that we just established that Microsoft releases one game every two years. Well, but so... I mean, all the stuff that's on their game pass, you know, secondhand games or, or just any given thing. If it's a subscription based model, there's, it basically cuts out retail anyway. So what, what use is it for them to stock the thing to begin with instead of focusing on other business that then, might... I, then I guess don't stock it and that's fine or and sell it at a market Xbox elsewhere increase you increase your margin on the actual box yeah mm-hmm. yep well I guess we'll see uh, you know and this is just sort of a proposed boycott currently and uh, you know this game pass thing uh, has not not really taken off quite yet but um, I guess if you know someone actually had indicated that as well, I'm considering it. I'm I'm really considering it for the kids, just because I think it would be fantastic. They would just always have games to play. They would never have to. Yeah. I mean, they would always want the latest games, but they don't follow game coverage yet. So for sure, for ten dollars a month, they're just always entertained. Yeah. It's all right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I I think it's a really it's a really fair price for what they're offering out of the Game Pass. Yeah, that's um, absolutely true. Uh, for even, like even more so than like. You know, PlayStation, like the freebie games that come with PlayStation Plus and all that. Like, this is just insane value. You know, sure. Microsoft actually has responded to this, in fact. In fact, they uh, contacted gamesindustry.biz and they said that uh, they said that these kinds of concerns are in the minority and the Game Pass has been embraced by other retailers. According to a spokesperson, the response to the news thus far has been positive. As we noted in our announcement, our plan is to offer ways for select retailers to assort and promote Game Pass. In fact, we've been pleasantly surprised with the breadth of demand from retailers so far, and we're considering if and how we broaden our distribution plans, uh, and so on and so on. Uh, we have a long history of partnering with independent stores around the world and continue to believe that they play a unique and valuable part in the ecosystem, which is sort of what you'd expect them to say uh, while they slowly sink mid and small level retailers. <laughs> um, controversy to controversy, there's another one that's come out here. This one to uh, those of you who saw King of Kong may be familiar mm-hmm. with this gentleman, Billy Mitchell, who is the current quote-unquote King of Kong. Uh, previously... I met that dude once. Did you? I met him once at a show. Yeah. What would you think of him? He's fine. He's fine. Uh, well, he's no longer <laughs> fine with Twin Galaxies. He's not as bad of a dude as they try to make him out in King of Kong, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think... Yeah. I, I don't think I've, I've talked to many people who know him who say that he's particularly pleasant, but, you know, you don't have to be a pleasant person. Uh, but in order to hold the high score for Donkey Kong, you actually have to play on native hardware. And apparently, the allegations now from Twin Galaxies are that Billy Mitchell has actually been running Donkey Kong on a MAME emulator. Uh, and so they have actually already taken steps, and there's a big, long thread here that Dale sent over on uh, the Twin Galaxies forums, uh, where they have GIFs upon GIFs upon GIFs of the, the way that you can tell because the screen refreshes a certain way on native hardware versus in an emulator, and different versions of that emulator, and it just goes on for pages. Uh, but ultimately, the finding is that uh, they are going to remove his score of 1.5. 6 million points and they're going to reassign that to uh, somebody who had previously uh, held that uh, that title and um, yeah that's a pretty big upset I mean that guy uh, so what do you think do you think he comes back and proves that he can do it on the on a real arcade machine and then gets the score king back or what uh, no, he's, too, he's too old, man. He doesn't have the twitch anymore. Yeah, he's <laughs> over. Yeah, I, I think probably not. I, I think uh, you know, I don't know. This this might open it up. Maybe there's going to be a resurgence in people trying to get that high score in Donkey Kong. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't. I don't. Kill think I don't. 
I don't think we, yeah, kill screen coming. Uh, I don't think we'll be hearing much from, from Billy Mitchell again, um, except in the realm of hot sauce. I don't know. I'm, I'm holding out hope. Come on, Billy Mitchell. The, the world needs a hero. The, the, one, the one guy, Dale Jones, believes yep. in you, and that's all it takes. I'm buying you that can, hot sauce. You can do it, Mr. Mitchell. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. Um, I, w- I just want to see him make good. I, I want this to be, I want him to be vindicated. I, I, I want him, I want the story to be that, yeah, maybe he played on an emulator, but it was just out of convenience and not like, <laughs> cheating, you know? You know what I mean? Well, I, I want to see his response for sure. He's got to come back and either refute the claim or... Come back with like a new right. higher score? Yeah. Wow. Right? That'd be awesome. That's what he, he was just waiting for this to come out. The uh, the, the score, I think I believe, that currently is uh, is going to take that title was one that was actually observed in public and by at least one member of the, I guess, the, the board that certifies those things. Um, so, yeah, I guess he'll have to he'll have to make a pretty big public display if that were to happen. And I just dude, I just dude, the King of Kong two. Oh, dude, that, that that that's just printing money right there. Mm-hmm. The Kingening of Kongening. The the yeah, <laughs> yeah there you <laughs> the go. Uh, the final of our uh, major platform holders, Nintendo, also has some news. And rather than being news about their actual platform, uh, it's going to be news about someone else's platform. Nintendo's bringing Mario Kart to smartphones. Uh, an app called Mario Kart Tour will be released in the next financial year, meaning sometime between... More like between... cart phones. Cart phones. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Uh, meaning it could be released anytime between April of this year and uh, March of next year. Uh, huh. nothing really, name. nothing really is, uh, known yet about it, except that it exists. Um, and, and that it will probably make lots of money. It probably sure. will make, I mean, you know, honestly, I don't know if there have been, do you think you'll hold, hold your phone like a way. steering wheel when you play and yeah, that this? sounds like the worst. Uh, I, I wonder if it's like a one hand, like I'm just steering while it just drives. Oh, like a vertical orientation, like yeah, Porsche why not? orientation racing. It's probably just going to be a, a single tap. Like you're just gonna tap tap tap. It's gonna be a tapper. Um, but uh, Nintendo also announced that they had sold 14.86 million Switch consoles to date, uh, and about half as many of those were copies of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which was a straight port of the game. So people are thirsty for their Mario Kart. Um, I you know, as with Mario all... Kart 8 Deluxe does have that like a assist mode that's like where it's like <clears throat> auto um, accelerate, auto turning, auto drive, yeah, I mean, auto game for you. What if yeah. what if this game is just basically it's it's the game with that stuff turned on, and what you're doing is kind of like tweaking the um, the racing lines and like doing the launching the power ups and all that. Uh, I've got an announcement to make. I'm going to be launching Mario Kart on YouTube, where you just watch me play on your phone, and like, that's like Doctor Disrespect or something. Yes, huh? exactly, exactly. I, I, I've got a secret about Mario Kart. What's that? Uh, I don't think Mario Kart is that fun to play. Crash Team I Racing that... forever. I, I think that people are just kind of, you know, think that it's good, and then they buy it anyway. I think maybe they should grow up and it's play a real game like Gran Turismo. Yeah, right. Or Forza. Uh, mm-hmm. Sonic yeah. All-Stars Sonic. Racing for me. <laughs> yeah, All-Stars Racing Transform. Yes, exactly. Well, the, I'll only play games that have Danica Patrick in them, basically, is my... That's 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 the criteria that yeah. I use. So you play, like, two games? Yeah, exactly. Two streams them on YouTube Red. YouTube Red. Aw, yeah. Uh, one last tidbit from Nintendo. <laughs> they have also announced a new Super Mario film, uh, which will feature characters from the gaming series and will be produced by... Um, Illumination. Illumination, yeah. That's your your minions and your... Sing. Lorax. Um, Secret Life of Pets, Oh, Sing was good. Yeah, Sing was all right. Sing was all right. 
And um, we don't know much about it other than um, it will hit cinemas in the year 2020. Uh, hopefully before that happens, the comet will come and wipe us all out. Um, what do you think, Mario Luigi 2020? Is that going to be their like poster treatment? I don't, I don't know. But just think about the cutscenes in just like any Mario game, even Mario Odyssey. Like it's you know Mario going, oh no, and you're just like, oh, it's just like kill me now. It's a me. <sighs> yeah, who's going to do the voice? I don't Is know. Is it going to be Charles Martinet? Uh, we don't know that, but we know that they will be produced. Shigeru Miyamoto will actually be involved on some level. Um, there's also somebody named Chris Melodandri. Uh, who's going to have something to do with it? But um, uh, he's very good. Yeah, exactly. One of one of my favorite Chris's in, in movies. <laughs> um, Monster Hunter World has shipped five million copies in three days. This this kind of I'm tangentially doing this because there's a certain segment of people who thought that Monster Hunter would only uh, you know stay on Nintendo portables and handhelds, uh, and that it would never do well on consoles. Uh, guess what, you guys? Uh, it's basically set. I don't know who who would have thought on that. Fire. I mean, that couldn't have been very smart. Whoever would have thought that. No, I agree. And they continue to insist it. But, uh, yeah, it's doing all right. Um, 10 million... Jeremy and I played it together last night. We sure did. We sure did. And um, we killed some monsters, I think. Didn't sure we? Sure enough, did we? Yeah, we did. We, we, we killed some. a couple. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so it debuted number one in the UK charts. Uh, it was, wow. um, you know, basically pretty pretty much roundly critically acclaimed and popularly acclaimed, and uh, generally just really worth checking out. Um, I wish they had not delayed the PC version. I know, right? Yeah, yeah but I mean, then you know, you just, you just wait. You'll get your 4Ks and your yeah, triple I'll, I'll, trilinear ISO. They'll put it Ultra out like in October screen. or something. I'll, I'll just you know pick it up then. Whatever Which is, is that other game it. that's that free to play Monster Hunter Light called Dauntless? Yeah, Dauntless. You guys heard of that? I have heard of that. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like a free to play Monster Hunter like played it a little bit. Not sure where that's at in development. No. And it's all right. I've actually played it. It is no Monster Hunter. Um, and, and I'm I'm the kind of person who likes to point. Oh, out... Oh, you take that back, Jeremy. It is it is a it who is likes a great to point game. out what Monster Hunter alikes do as well as or better than Monster Hunter. But that game doesn't compete with Monster Hunter. I'm sorry. But it's an early access, bro. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see. You know, I mean, well, they have six months before it comes out. Uh, Monster it looks Hunter just like it. Out. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like identical, so super identical. Um, speaking of things that are going to be coming out for a I while, I bet their online works way better. Jeremy. <laughs> um, maybe. No, I guarantee you it does. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, speaking of things that will be coming out in the future sometime, Electronic Arts has confirmed a delay for their, what, fly around the destiny type game, Anthem. Uh, and there will be a Battlefield game that will occupy that slot instead so this in was, fall 2018. This Anthem was delayed, but then, like, Bioware denied that it was a delay, <laughs> even though even though it was clearly the game's coming out later back yeah obviously not a delay you don't know how to read a calendar do you no delay you know what man no i i say that bioware should just keep cooking you know make that game awesome yeah absolutely and honestly i i have sort of been you know i like what i see of it every time they show it so you know why not make there's it there's so many games that play i don't necessarily need anthem right now right but when it comes out it'll be fine whatever right. it does right absolutely there's so many good games now like Horizon Zero Dawn that everyone should play. Absolutely. I'm very skeptical of of Anthem because I'm skeptical of what they what they're probably trying to achieve with Anthem, which is like a gigantic smash hit with all the loot boxes and like your this is going to be your lifestyle game, like basically what Destiny is trying to do, you know. Yeah. And I don't I don't want that. So I'm not sure 
I don't yeah, mind it, but I'm juggling a few me. of those right now. So yeah, um, yeah. Speaking of, of lifestyle choices and lifestyle games, uh, here's here's uh, the second to last item we've got for our news is that uh, you guys remember that we've talked about Counter-Strike Global Offensive skins, which are, I guess, just texture maps that you put over the top of something. Uh, the, the highest possible price I think you could ever pay for something like this has been paid for a sniper rifle with a little uh, dragon on it, like a little red kind of Chinese dragon. Uh, for $61,000, somebody bought the Souvenir AWP Dragon Lore skin. It was sold on opskins.com for $61,000. Uh, it has stickers from PGL, G2 Esports, uh, winning CSGO Pro Team Cloud9, and uh, Skadoodle Latham, uh, according to Dot .esports. Um, usually these skins will drop for viewers during major tournaments, and the Gold Dragon lore skins are the rarest of those. And, um, the map being played is what determines which drops are available, and the player who's named MVP has their sticker attached to the skins. Souvenir skins are even rarer, so this is basically like the rarest possible thing you can get, but it's still just a, a look that goes on top of a sniper rifle. And, uh, I don't know, someone out there has more money than sense paid $61,000, which... that's the best part about this, is that... Someone w with too much money has been persuaded to come off of some of it so that it can get out there and circulate throughout the greater economy. Yeah, secretly this is the plan for and redistribution all it of wealth. Was a was a CS:GO skin. We need to be looking into that. So Marxists out there, if you're listening to this show, and yeah. I know you are, uh, CS:GO skins. I mean, forget about like the Fed raising interest rates and like quantitary monetary policy or whatever. Like just. Get the government and make them make some sick skins for, <laughs> for Counter Strike, and, and there you go. Oh man! Oh, you know man. who needs to pay taxes anymore? When I mean, this is this will be a, a much more progressive and equitable way to extract money from the citizenry. I can't mm -hmm. can't argue with the logic. It seems like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, story checks out. But uh, speaking of high numbers of things and people with no sense, the very last item. Actually, this is a grand submission. I should let you talk about this, uh, Doctor Disrespect. Right, coming back. Yeah, uh, Dr. Disrespect himself, um, the two-time. <laughs> two-time? <laughs> Is that what he, uh, he, uh, well, he's the two-time, the back-to-back 1994 game champion. Um, it's, it's, just a, it's just a good turn of phrase, two-time. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, yes. yeah. So uh, a couple a couple months ago. He's the one they called Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he came out and said that uh, he came out and came out a character. So Doctor Dis Disrespect is a character by a man named Guy Beam. He was a he's a former um, level designer for Call of Duty, and now he streams video games full time in his persona, Doctor Disrespect. And a couple to insanely like routinely with like fifty to sixty, seventy thousand people watching his stream every day. And a couple of months ago, he came out uh, out of character on his stream and announced that he had cheated on his wife or was unfaithful to his wife and he needed a break. Uh, fast forward to two weeks ago, he had a, a video that he was coming back on February 5th, which happens to be today. Um, so at noon today, Mountain Time, Dr. Disrespect made his return to Twitch. Twitch was down for 30 minutes. I imagine it was uh, like a wrestler like walking into the ring with like he's like got the belt stripped over his shoulder, oh, pyros. Dude, it was it was ridiculous. Um he he peaked at about 390,000 people uh watching his stream at one point. Uh he was making so much money. There were subscribers coming in every second and people were donating up to $5,000. I saw multiple $5,000 donations. 
Um, but yeah, Doctor Disrespect, so. another noted uh, communist. Yep. Yeah, the far go. left redistributing Absolutely. that wealth. So I I think it's a uh, pretty insane that people these entertainers video game entertainers can you know command that type of audience and that type of you know money coming in. Are these like the new Beatles? Is is kind of the thesis that I'm working to? Is like this sort of crazy fandom fan adoration for? Is it now like no longer just pop stars, but also like? Esports athletes and streamers, maybe and YouTubers, but, and but, stuff. but the difference is that you know back then the Beatles were just they they were only really affecting impressionable young people, but now it's like the the bourgeois, like the middle class people who have five thousand dollars to throw at a streamer. You don't think that like, was like kids like using dad's credit card? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I couldn't. I can't even guess who that was, but apparently a who lot knows? of people. Yeah. So uh, who knows how much? Uh, I don't know. And, and he's. Definitely the most viewed streamer on Twitch right now. He's it's pretty crazy to watch, and I'm not I'm not even a fan. I don't even really play PUBG anymore, but I really just enjoy watching the stream because it's entertaining. So it's kind of on in the background at work while I work and kind of tune in. So just you wait I'm, though. I'm glad, I'm glad just, that he's back. Just you wait though until the next Game Bite Show stream when we stream Dreamfall chapters. Uh, we are gonna blow. Oh that yeah, you know I I, I tried to watch some of that today and then I, and then I fell asleep and then I woke up and recorded the podcast right now with you guys. Nice. Good, yeah, we're glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Wakey, wakey. And that's all the news we have for this week. All right. Uh, you want me to do this? Yeah, go for it. Do it. Fine, I'll do it. Uh, new releases, courtesy of tech-gaming.com. We totally poached their list yet again. But I'll tell you what, there's not very much on there. There's three uh, remasters, um, or re-releases, I guess, that have come out. <sighs> yeah, I guess Robert's just sort of like, taking it easy. He's not Work, uh, work harder. Yeah. Get, get some yeah. new original content out there. Yeah, uh, so Shadow of the Colossus remake is out for PS4 again uh, mm-hmm. for another Sony platform. So it's now hit the last three consoles: PS2, PS3, PS4. It's cool. I guess it's all redone though, like all new textures and graphics. Yeah, and... from the ground up. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's a rad game. Um, if that dropped in price to, I don't know. I already paid thirty nine ninety nine for the first HD remaster that I haven't played yet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, I bought it on PS2. I bought it on PS3. I beat it on PS3. I never beat it on PS2. I beat it on PS3. And um, it's a game I'd probably be willing to play through again. It's, it's a really a, cool really game. good game. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age is out on PC with ultra-widescreen support. Also a very support, cool game. Yada, yada, yada. I started it tonight on the PS4. Oh, nice. Uh, so, yeah. It, and on the PS4 Pro, it actually plays in 1440p resolution with HDR. So that's looking pretty good Sick. um yeah that game's that game's good uh the zodiac age though too did you play the zodiac age edition no Dale, with the the jobs and stuff? no i didn't I, I want to though yeah so i'm excited for that so uh that's out on pc so pick it up dale play it with your i will but I'm, I'm working my way through like some other rpg stuff at the moment yeah uh steam world dig this game's been out for what probably five years by now yeah a long it's, time. it's, it's been a while because I, I have it on my 3ds yeah yeah that's where i played it too um, it's out on the Nintendo Switch, so pick it up if you want. There's actually a Steam World Dig Two now, and a Steam World Heist. Also, I don't know I think, if those are both on the Switch. I, I think, think Dig Two came to the Switch like a couple of months ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Uh, another Switch um, release that I like, uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. That's on the Switch now. Yep, it's out uh, this week for uh, 19.99, the Nintendo Switch edition. Uh, while we're Nintendo at it, I guess Switch. we should mention what Night in the Woods and like 50 other indie games that have come to the Switch this week as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Crypt of the Necrodancer is a game by show 
Yes, uh, it's a darling. It's one approved. of it's one of ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Uh, actually, here's something that's kind of weird. I don't. It's easy to look over this, but on the Wii U there were some releases, which is fine. That's fine. It's the Wii U. But uh, Konami released a couple of games in the West for the first time ever uh, from the Neo Geo and did it on the Wii U. Uh, so they have a game called uh, what? Yeah. What are they doing? I don't know. They're that's, they're that's Johnny how Johnny on the they spot. Care, I the... guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's the first time they've ever been released, and it's like 2018. Like whatever. If our fans want to play their game, they'll play our games wherever we want them to play Maybe them. Maybe it's a social Wii U experiment. It is. Yeah, so Battle Chopper was a Neo Geo game, and Necromancer was a Neo Geo first time in the West, five ninety nine on the Wii U, so go dig that thing up. Bizarre. Mm, nah, nah. No. It's going to stay in my closet. Do they know that the Switch is out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, another game that's nope. coming out this week on PC, and I'll just mention it because I've been playing it, and I'll be talking about it on Wednesday. Tangle Deep is uh, out for, I believe, regularly 15 bucks, but I think it's on a sale on Steam, uh, which is a roguelike game, and I'll talk about it in a few days. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's that. Uh, this says Metal Gear Solid V's final ending this, unlocked. This probably should have gone in the news, actually. This is kind of a, a blooper thing here, but... Uh, yeah, so what happened with this was that Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, um, basically it had this like system where everyone had a, their own forward operating base, which was like the oil platform style mercenary base out in the ocean, right? Like every individual player would have one of their own. And at some point in the game, you would have the um, ability to develop nuclear weapons so that you could basically secure the uh, existence of your said, you know, floating nation state. And this, this is a very thematic thing resonant with uh, the overriding, you know, story of the, of the Metal Gear series. Um, what they did was they built into the game uh, a special ending that would only occur in the event that every single player um, disarmed from having nuclear weapons, right? And so the, the, the game benefit to having a nuclear weapon would be that um, when other players invaded your game and invaded your base and like tried to come and steal your recruits and, and supplies and whatnot, that you could then retaliate and, and nuke them and like, you know, wipe out a large portion of their stuff, right? And so it was made to, to function as a deterrent, which is again hugely resonant with the themes of Metal Gear Solid. Um, and the idea being that uh, if, by some miracle, everyone managed to disarm, like every single player managed to disarm any nukes that they had created, that this uh, like world peace ending style thing would happen. And um, this was data mined like, you know, a couple of years ago when, when the game came out. And um, now it's actually occurred, but not for the reason that it was intended to. This was not... And actually, this is like the Hawaii nuclear scare thing. It's not. It's not a real thing. It's just a false <laughs> alarm, a false, false non-alarm. A false peace. Yeah, false. Sorry, peace. everyone's still pissed at each other. There's still nuclear weapons. Right. And people are actually, false peace is the subtitle of Metal Gear Solid Six. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's kind of what happened there. It's like um, I guess some players were speculating that uh, people. It's probably like hacking or just glitches on the Konami server side because they had noticed in recent weeks and months that the um, overall count of nukes across all the servers was like fluctuating in weird ways. So this has maybe just been like sort of what do you call those like overflow errors or whatever that sometimes happen. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that something like that could have been behind this, but. Um, if you're curious as to what the like, what what happens in the cutscene or whatever, it's all, it's been on YouTube for a long time, so you can just kind of go and look it up. Huh. 
I am kind of interested because it's like it would never happen legitimately on its own. So never. even though you might you might consider yeah. it to be spoilers or you might consider it to be like an alternate reality. I think I think I I personally may be actually preventing this from ever happening because um, I did develop a nuke and I don't remember if I disarmed it or not. <laughs> and, and I haven't logged into that game in a long time. Now, Dale so. Jones single-handedly <laughs> holding the whole world hostage. You just call me Big Boss from now on. Yeah, yeah. A genius, diabolical genius. I had the opportunity over the weekend to uh, go to a friend's house and play um, Forza Horizon Three on his Xbox One. And one of the first things you do in that game is like, it's like you, launch a new. You're the new player character, and then you you choose your like, well, what do you want me to call you? You know, and so like they give you a list of like nicknames to choose for your character for the for the announcers to call you by name or whatever. And one of the nickname choices was Big Boss, and so I was like, oh, well, I, gotta, oh, I, I totally gotta. <laughs> Go with Big Boss. So then it was like, come on, Big Boss, let's go to the race down by the beach. It's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kept you waiting, huh? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, there you go. The secret alternate history of Mm -hmm. uh, of Big Boss. A racer down on the beach. Well, that's that. Uh, So for a topic this week, uh, we thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, game games genres or game types that uh, either you uh, once were big on but don't play anymore for some reason, or or the converse. Is there anything that you're big on now that uh, maybe one time in the past you thought, oh, those those are not for me. I would never like that sort of thing. Um, and and real quick, I have one that I would like to offer up here. It's just kind of it's it's gotten to the point where I kind of just have to like look look myself in the mirror and, and face the uh, stone cold truth. Is that um, that, uh, the, the JRPGs are just not really doing it for me much anymore. They they seem to have really kind of not grown with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. they seem to be always kind of like the same as they were back back when we were in high school together. Um, and they just haven't grown. I remember up, those you know? days. Um, I remember those days for the most part. Uh, I mean, that said, I do still like to go back and like revisit the old favorites. But like, it is as far as like a brand new. Japanese role-playing game, like I. Well, so so let yeah, me ask you know. to clarify that. So is is it specifically the J in the JRPG that I mean? Are you still? Yeah, yeah, because I find that the 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 Western RPGs out there are often it seems much more geared to like a, a dude in his thirties <laughs> than <laughs> like a guy in his you know teens, like like the yeah, Japanese when, ones. When are. Persona Five is like hundred and twenty hours long, yeah, ain't no one got. And it's about kids in high school, right? Like, yep. I mean, come on. I love Goku. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I beat uh, Final Fantasy fifteen. I kind of feel the same way, but I did play through Final Fantasy fifteen. I wonder if there are certain, I don't know, game series. Like Final Fantasy games, I still want to check out. You, you know? know what? That's kind of weird because, like, in the last, let's say, decade, most of the big RPGs that I have finished have kind of been, I mean, mostly Square and mostly Japanese um, and, and, you know, before that, you know, growing up, it was all like Ultima and what, like quest for glory and, uh, wow, so you're like doing the Benjamin button, like aging backwards. Kind, uh, kind of. And of I, and I, I sort of hate it too. Cause usually it's like, uh, what is it with this storyline? What are these people even saying? This is so lame. Yeah. Um, but like, I have not played a single Bioware RPG since like Jade Empire. Why is that? Um, do you think you just? I don't. Like, I don't know because I. Well, I mean, like, what was? Um, I mean, I played Deus Ex. You know, the Human Revolution. 
Um, didn't didn't play Mankind Divided. I've got that in my list. I've got them all. Like I got all these. I've got all the Dragon Ages. I have all the Mass Effect games. I just don't sit down and play them. The Witcher. I played like The Witcher for like five minutes, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's like not not enough big hair in this. Like, give me a Final <laughs> Fantasy game. I need somebody with some sword's not hair. big enough. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe it's like <laughs> I need something with big swords. Uh, I don't know. That, that's kind of weird. I didn't even think about that until you started talking about it. But uh, that that must be kind of me. Is like Western RPGs somehow like completely not intentionally. Well, you not know, maybe what it is, game. is it's, it's like a grass is greener sort of thing. You know, you just you're into your thing, and then time goes on, and you start to like look over the other way, and like you know that might be cool too. So you go over there, and and maybe we just crossed. We we each crossed the street to to the other side. Maybe you you. <laughs> brought your wife to america and I, I started playing lightning returns <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh my actual answer the answer that i came prepared with uh was flight simulators i used to play a ton of flight oh, wow. simulators world war ii flight simulators outer space like x-wing and uh wing commander and and all those kinds of things and i have not played a real flight sim i mean and part of it might just be that there aren't many being made anymore right i am trying to think of any it's not a ton. I mean, like, like if you want like flight simulator, like in atmosphere, realistic. Or, there's like almost just, nothing. Just right? Anything. Yeah, that's the thing. And the other thing is joysticks. Like, when was the last time I had my hand on a joystick? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, so I don't know. I still uh, have but, my. Uh, I not still have. I only bought it like probably five years ago. Like the Logitech, whatever it's called, thing. It's like a thirty dollar joystick that I use for Elite. Uh, really? Yeah, it's great. I you know. I mean, I used to be all about, like, when, when there was a World War One flight simulator, I learned all about World War One. I'd check out books from the library, and when World War Two was there, I was all into World War Two, you know, and Aces of the Pacific and, and Aces of, of the Luftwaffe and those kinds of things. And I'd learn all about them, and like, oh, yeah, I know what that plane is. Uh, That's and then, a fucker. Yeah, exactly. It's... <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I just don't... I just don't have the equivalent of that anymore. Um... So that I think that's probably my main answer is you know some real hardcore flight simulators. I mean they have things like in in uh, you know Battlefront Star Wars Battlefront they have the Starfighter mode in that, but that's more like an arcadey yeah, sort of thing. Like yeah. that doesn't that, that doesn't really count. But I actually if you were to if you were to really hold me to it, I could not tell you the last actual flight simulator I, I played and what year it was in. But uh, that has definitely gone mm. by the wayside. Lunar Lander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I think I'm gonna go with fighting games. Um, I, I used to be big into Street Fighter. Um, I guess it was. I guess the latest would be Street Fighter Four. But I played a lot of Street Fighter Four and a lot of other iterations of Street Fighter Four. And then, you know, obviously being a kid, we all played Mortal Kombat and played plenty of those. And um, Samurai Showdown and Soul Calibur in college and. All those games, I used to be all about fighting games, and recently, over the last few years, I just kind of stopped playing it, and I don't know, I don't really know why. Um, and now you like dating games, right? So it's like... Yeah, now I'm all about... Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, I don't know what it is about them. I still kind of dabble, because like, my kids have Injustice too, and I kind of just you know screw around with it, but it's not like I'm... I don't sit down by myself to play a fighting game anymore like I used to, or... Um, I, I used to play online all the time. Like I get on and play Street Fighter Four for hours online against people, you know. And my brother would get on and we'd play for hours just against each other, just sparring. And yeah, I was really into that scene. I'd watch Evo and you know know what was going on every year. And now I just kind of am out of it. I watch Evo just to see what's happening, but I couldn't tell you anything about Street Fighter Five right. at all. I, I tend not um, to get into anything really deep like that. Like I couldn't tell you the move set for probably nearly anything anymore. 
Um, and that's probably just a function of time and bandwidth. Yeah, I, I was I was really good with a few characters in Street Fighter Four, and average with almost all of them. Yeah, you know, I could I could <laughs> I could hang. You know, maybe Soul Calibur Six will be the thing, Legrand. Let's do that. Let's get let's get into that you know, hardcore. I heard that Tekken Seven is really good. I heard that too. I mean, that's the thing. Fighting games are fun when you play them, but, but I guess Dragon what you're Ball Fighter Z. That, yeah, you're right. If you're into, I like Goku, <laughs> uh, but but I don't know. Like, I don't seek them out. I, I think I understand what Legrand's saying because I used to play a ton of Tekken and a ton of Soul Calibur, but yeah. just not not so much anymore. Dead or Alive and like all that stuff. I played. Was it was like, it all like local? Local multiplayer because I used to do that at tunnels. I mean, yeah, Tekken two, three, four, even. Soul I Calibur. guess in college it was a lot easier to have that local multiplayer scene. Yeah, right? yeah. But even online with with like uh, Street Fighter Four, like I never played local. Like it was always online, <laughs> right? I don't know matchmaking and ranked play and all that stuff. But just kind of just kind of stopped at some point and just threw in the towel. It's like I'm, I'm out. Hung up the gloves. Took off the game. Hung up the gloves for good. I don't know. I don't know what other games. Everything else is kind of stayed the same with me. First person shooters and strategy, like you know, uh, mobas. I guess now H- has I, anything increased? Kind yeah, of been mo- into moba since 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 Dota. Um, since the original Dota mod, I played the original Dota mod on in Warcraft Three. I've been playing mobas really since then. Whoa. Um, so that's not really new. Uh, but yeah, like action games, Rise of Zero Dawn, Assassin's Creed style action games, open world, yeah, first person shooters, open world games. Um. Yeah, not, nothing really new, I think, in my arena lately. Yeah, I, I, I think the same. I don't think I've adopted anything really new. I think every once in a while I'll get in a stint with something. Like I kind of, you know, when when the game strikes me just right, I never really got into MOBAs proper, but uh, kind of kind of wanted to a little uh, bit. Just was never really good at them. Th- there was a while when I was playing a lot of indie games i was downloading a lot of indie games buying a lot of indie games on steam and playing a lot of them uh that was kind of around the time when spelunky came out Uh, i've kind of stopped doing that i kind of only play like major titles anymore nobody's got time you know there's so many so many games out and 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 i'm sure a lot of them are great and fantastic games to play but that's kind of just not the experience i'm looking for in video games anymore um is those small indie games are just not for me anymore. I, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I don't. I it probably is that Dale. Probably is just the time. Like you just don't have the time to check out all those little games that you want to check out. Which is, you know, it's not worth it to play thirty minutes of a game at the expense of something else that you may be really interested in. You know. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. For sure, for sure, for sure. And um, folks out there, uh, we know that you probably have an answer of your own, something that's in your mind and in your heart, a game that you used to play that has fallen by the wayside, or maybe something new that has taken that space in your life, and we'd certainly love to hear from you about that. If you'd like to communicate that to us, we are on social media. You can let us know over at Game Bites Show on Twitter. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. Find me at Legrand. And I am at Count Elmdor. You can also find our fourth man, Jared Redidun, who runs our Twitch.tv streams. You can find him at R-E-D underscore I, or you can find his work over at Twitch.tv slash Show at least once a week. I joked a little bit earlier. Uh, no no joke. I was dead serious. Our Dreamfall chapter stream will overtake Dr. Disrespect, no doubts. Uh, the next time we stream it, you can find that on Monday evening. Uh, subscribe to us at Twitch.tv slash Show so that you know when we go live and you'll be able to join the other 450,000 people that will tune in for Dreamfall chapters. 
Uh, you can also find our archives of the chapters so far over at youtube.com slash show and a lot of other stuff that we've done there as well. Lots of good games in our back catalog. Or visit us at www.gamebyteshow.com where you can find our back catalog of podcasts. Lots of good audio shows there, both uh, time-sensitive and timeless, evergreen. Find those podcasts there. Subscribe, send your friends over there, let them know about the awesome, cool Game Byte Show podcast bringing 450,000 people together in Unity and video games every week, twice a week. Uh, which, speaking of which, you know that we'll be back in just a few days to talk to you about the video games that we've been playing in our midweek show. Lots of good stuff on tap for that, so do not miss it. Subscribe now and get in on that as soon as it goes live. Uh, but folks, I think until that time, this will do it for your Game Bite Show podcast. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. See ya. Oh, Lord Jesus is the far. <laughs> I didn't get the reference.